What Extend really is, is it's Apple Care for everyone. It's Apple Care for every brand and retailer out there that wants to offer a great service to their customers. And we sell the product as such. Customers have more trust in a brand when a third party is willing to stand behind their product and cover it from breaks and accidents and, 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 and issues. When you start getting into $1,000 plus items, it's not as effective to price things at that 15% of product retail. And so that threshold will typically come down. So on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about product protection and warranties in the world of e-commerce. It's a great episode you don't wanna miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital-native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. As you continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, Wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund-as-you-grow model, meaning if your sales slow down, so does the amount you transfer back. There's just a simple fee and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly. It's worth checking out on wayflyer.com. That's W-A-Y-F-L-Y-E-R. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. You know, each week on this podcast, I interview you know, a, a commerce expert, a founder of a digital native consumer brand, a representative from a best-in-class you know, commerce SaaS product, and we give them a tight remit to help you grow, um, you know, growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your sales or gross merchant value. So in today's episode, um, it's it's a really, really interesting and special one because um, I had actually 
pre-ordered this book. It's called The Direct-to-Consumer Playbook. It's written by Mike Stevens. So Mike Stevens, the author of this book, is guest on, on today's episode. And, and in his book, which I found quite inspiring, was... Um, interviews with about 16 founders from best-in-class direct-to-consumer um, businesses. I would even say they transcend direct-to-consumer e-commerce. They're, they're more consumer brands um, based out in the UK and North America. And he did a very good job to whittling down, you know, what, um, what were the instrumental pillars for their sustained gr- growth over time. Um, he spoke directly with the founders, and you have interview, you know, um, just the, the 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 interview notes on there, as well as his takeaways that validate um, his his um, his thoughts on um, you know the key, just the key pillars to to growth. He himself is a founder. He's um, he's a founder of a confectionery DTC brand called um, Pe- Pepper Smiths. Um, it was a natural flavor, you know, chewing gum brand of chewing gums in in the UK that was widely distributed across um, you know grocery stores. Um, he exited that after you know a few years of running it. Prior to that, he had worked for um, you know the cult favorite Innocent Drinks before they sold to Coca Cola. So there's there's a a lot of um, um, of just knowledge, you know, two decades um, long of of knowledge of you know consumer what it means to to bring out a consumer brand on the one hand and um, you know how that intersects with our world of direct to consumer in 2022. So super super interesting. We covered a lot. We covered his background. We we went into like the key threads, you know, the key themes um, across um, all of these D2C businesses um, and kind of like their structure. One thing he really said was um, a lot of them care about their customers they're very customer centric and um they they do it in their actions they they show their customer centric and then their actions less so their words more in their actions um besides that really 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 interesting conversation um i i, I had with him it was was a longer one but it was well worth it so if you are looking to um just get that foundational collective effort strategy towards growing an e-commerce business holistically and not um, in silo saying, oh, I'm going to do what I bought ads on TikTok or what have you. It's, it's more a holistic way whereby the, you know, um, the, the supply chain integrates with product development and that integrates with marketing and customer service. Um, if if you, you get all of that together and you're looking to see how to synchronize all of those core business functions towards growth. You want to listen to this episode. You want to get the book. You know, I would leave you now to to listen to to the episode, and I shall catch you on the other side. Thank you. The Two X E Commerce Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K L A 
viyo.com forward slash 2x. Hey, Rowan. It's an absolute pleasure having you on the 2x e-commerce podcast. Awesome. I'm really pre- uh, appreciative of being here. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's go a bit, you know, um, back to your your background. Um, did you mind to giving us um, just a bit, a bit to tell us a little bit about you, you know, where where you grew up, and uh, you know, what what brought you to to this path? Technology. Yeah, totally. Um, See, so yeah, I I grew up in in the Bay Area near San Francisco, so in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, mm. I've been around technology my entire life. I'm actually extremely lucky. I have two parents that were entrepreneurs themselves and started a business in the semiconductor space, which was, um, you know, the the prime early technology days here in the Silicon Valley. But um, grew up in the Bay Area. Um, was lucky enough to go to Stanford as well. So it was around a lot of really smart, um, highly educated, and extremely ambitious technology entrepreneurs there. Um, and then actually started my first company directly at Stanford. Um, so during my time there, worked in a variety of different classes around entrepreneurship, product design, um, business management. And it just got me so excited about the opportunity that was there for even younger folks like myself at the time to start a business. And so started a company, raised some money. <clears throat> that company was in the HR tech space. Um, so quite different than what I'm doing today. But it was an amazing learning experience. Um, got a ton out of it. Had an amazing team, some great investors, and some awesome customers also. Um, so learned a lot about um, how to build and scale a business and definitely made a ton of mistakes in the process, which um, just further helps that learning process. Um, after that, you know, I sold mm-hmm. that and then went to a different company that was much larger and much more of an institution, which was Boston Consulting Group, which is one of the top three consulting firms in the world, has an arm called Digital Ventures. Uh, at Digital Ventures, the mandate was quite different. It was take the firm's Fortune 500 clients that they had and help them build new and innovative software products. So I actually ran a team of about 45 or 50 engineers, designers, and product managers. And our goal was to go in and build these software solutions, like a consulting agency, as well as like a product development agency, take them to market, but also help commercialize those new products for these companies. So we would hire them new teams that were focused on digital products when many of them weren't very accustomed to digital products. Uh, These were large banks, um, old school insurance companies, uh, in many cases, materials manufacturers or oil and gas businesses that hadn't thought about technology innovation and candidly were feeling the pressure because they were startups eating their lunch on a day-to-day basis. And so we would really help them quickly and effectively take new products to market. And it was there that I got to get a better insight into how do you build software and technology for the enterprise, not just for SMB and mid-market customers, but really for full-scale, large-scale enterprise businesses as well. Um, And so that was a great experience that candidly led us to a lot of the thought process that we had around starting this business in Extend. Super interesting, super interesting. Um, Just want to drill you on a question. How different is it building, you know, software solutions for, for an enterprise versus, you know, the SME market? It's a great question. You know, I think it's amazing that platforms like Shopify and big commerce and whatnot are around because it gives... Um, early stage entrepreneurs, a better platform to get started with their business and not have to worry in many cases about the technical build outs, et cetera. And they can focus on their product. Um, 
What's also fantastic for us as a result is it's a much more templatized process at the SMB. Um, you know what the platform looks like, you know what the requirements are, and you can build a simple app that facilitates sort of what you want to do from a business value creation perspective. At the enterprise level, it's almost always custom. Um, and I don't mean that the programs are custom. I mean that their technology stack in many cases was built for them um, with external consultants and external agencies and external developer teams. And what that means is that we need to be very flexible from a platform perspective in order to facilitate uh, integrations and activations at the enterprise level. Um, and candidly, that's, when, that's been where a lot of companies in our space have crashed and burned, is they can't figure out the retail technology stack for the large enterprises and they can't get them live in any meaningful or, or reasonable amount of time. So it's quite different building for the enterprise. I would say it's much more hands-on and very consultative. Okay, let's talk about Extend. Um, what is the value proposition for, for Extend? How did you ideate Extend? Um, your right now 900 merchants strong, um, 6 million customers, you're even in stores, so you have an omni-channel, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, footprints, 6,000 plus stores. So with, with all of that, how did you sort of spot the problem? Uh, when did you start Extend and um, where are you now? Yeah. You know, I like to joke with people that when I was five years old, I used to wake up thinking about extended warranties and protection plans, but <laughs> Uh, that, that unfortunately isn't the case. Um, you know, I think taking a step back, working in the consulting world with these large enterprises, you realize that, as I mentioned, everything that they do is largely custom built and custom fashioned. Um, when working with large insurance companies, I also realized that they had a large portion of the market that they couldn't address because they didn't have technology that enabled better distribution to those businesses. And that was across a variety of different kinds of insurance lines. Um, but as it relates to Extend specifically, you know, we saw an opportunity where if you look at the top 1% of retailers, Amazon, Costco, Walmart, uh, Best Buy, uh, Best Buy being a prime example that people here in the States usually think about when they think about extended warranties, the top 1% of retailers are all offering extended warranties to their customers. Um, these programs are incredibly profitable and drive an immense amount of business value. Uh, the fun stat that I love to share with people is... Best Buy in 2018 did 2% of their top line sales from extended warranties. That 2% of their top line sales translated into 52% of their overall profit. Just think about that. 52% of the profit Best Buy generated in 2018 came from the sale of extended warranties. So there's an incredible amount of business value that can be driven through these programs and through these offerings. And yet, when you go and look at every one of those products that Best Buy is selling, JBL, Logitech, iRobot, those brands were not offering extended warranties on their D2C websites. And that was really an aha moment for us of why wouldn't they be taking advantage of this incredible business opportunity, especially when it's clear that customers want these offerings around extended warranties. Otherwise, Best Buy would not have a business selling them. Uh, and we learned mm -hmm. that it was really a technology issue. It was a technology limitation. The legacy insurance carriers that hold the risk or underwrite these programs for extended warranties didn't have the ability to integrate one-off with a wide set of merchants. So what did they do? They focused on Best Buy, right? Every three years, they'd go through an RFP process and try to win more of Best Buy or Amazon or Costco or Walmart's business. And the rest of the market, the other 99% of retailers and brands were left unserved or what we call unattached. That was 
really the moment where we realized there's a model for building a business that not black boxes, but simplifies the overall architecture needed to support a program or offering around an extended warranty, for example. Think about companies like Stripe, Klarna, Affirm, Afterpay. Um, you know, Affirm, Klarna, and Afterpay took what me and my friends called layaway uh, and turned it into this sexy buy now, pay later product that you would actually tell your friends about using. Um, we're really doing the same thing for extended warranties and protection plans. So we're an API-first solution uh, that makes it easy for merchants and retailers to offer extended warranties and protection plans to their customer without any additional risk and while dri driving significant amount of business impact, uh, pure margin revenue um, to their bottom line. And so it's fully accretive from a revenue and margin perspective. Um, and extend handles all of the touch points and customer claims aspects um, on the back end through our digital platform that handles claims. Uh, and we have an over 93% CSAT score today. So customers love the experience and love the value that they're getting. And merchants uh, can grow their business and continue to succeed in the market. Okay, that's that's a lot to, to take in. Um, I want to sort of visualize extend from a customer perspective. Um, when I see Klarna, you know, I, I know it's a payment option. Um, so from a shopping experience perspective, when does Extend sort of um, start to present itself as an option? When, when do I start to think, consider extended warranty? So when I typically buy my Apple, you know, um, my, my Apple devices, it is certainly a consideration at checkout. You know, um, there's, there's always that um you know, upsell essentially of, 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 you know, Apple care. Um, so, so, you know, um, not, not all brands are, you know, have the same sort of, um, you know, offering as, as, as Apple, how, 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 how have you as an API first, um, solution, how have you guys, um, you know, sort of, um, figured out how to present extend as a, um, or extended warranties as, um, as, as something appealing to, to, to product purchases online. Yeah, totally. So there are a couple questions there, right? I think you hit the nail on the head, which is there's a modality that works for customers to protect the products that they love and use. Uh, and Apple Care is candidly the best example of that in the market. Um, but you also made a good point, which is it's not possible for every brand and every retailer to have an Apple Care like experience. It's really difficult to build. You know, Apple owns the supply chain, Apple owns the retail locations. Um, so they have a lot of business infrastructure to support that. What Extend really is, is it's Apple Care for everyone. It's Apple Care for every brand and retailer out there that wants to offer a great service to their customers. And we sell the product as such. Um, so I think that's the first point. I think the second thing you touched on is how do we really get in front of merchants and retailers and make them excited about this? You know, again, most products, most product companies and most retailers sell things on Amazon. Many do, at least. If you go to Amazon and take a look, you will see an extended warranty offered on all of those products. So the first thing I say is, guess what? Another retailer is actually making money on extended warranties and by selling them on your products. Wouldn't you want to create a parity offering, an equal offering for your customers if they want the service? Not everyone buys extended warranties. I wish they did, um, but not everyone will buy an extended warranty, and that's okay. There are customers that want these offerings online. We see about 10 to 15% mm -hmm. of customers buying the extended warranties. And we think it's important that the merchants- 15%. Are, 
yeah, 10 to 15% different product categories and 10, price 15, points okay. will convert differently. Mm -hmm. But around 10 to 15% is the average. Um, and so customers are really demanding these offerings and services. With some of our partners, they actually surveyed their customers and heard that they browsed on the brand's website and then went to Amazon to buy it because they weren't offered an extended warranty on the brand's website. So they're losing direct-to-consumer customers where they can build a stronger relationship and, as you know, have higher margins to these other retailers that are offering services. Value-added services, we believe, is a differentiator from a branding and CX perspective. Um, so that's how we get in front of merchants. And the last piece was around customer experience, right? Is like, how do we merchandise these mm -hmm. customers and where in the funnel? And we have a... Uh, suite of offerings for our merchant partners to effectively merchandise these to their customers. The first is on the product display page, so the PDP. Uh, oftentimes there, it's an educational component of, hey, if you're interested in buying this product, know that you can also get an extended warranty onto it. Um, when customers click add to cart, we also have a pop-up modal that presents a lot more information on fast and easy claims, details about the coverage that the customer is getting. Um, so accident protection or breaks and spills, uh, and that the customer will be covered in those situations. And then we have a final offer as well on the cart page. So a last ditch attempt if the customer hasn't made a purchasing decision yet to add the extended warranty there. And not only are we seeing 10 to 15% of customers adding it to the cart and buying, um, we're also seeing pretty significant increases to purchase conversion because of the presence of an extended warranty. Uh, one of our partners uh, called BlendJet. If you're familiar with them, they're a cool little portable blender device um, that you can take some fruits in and veggies and make a little smoothie on the go. Um, they saw, I believe it was an 11% increase to purchase conversion just with the presence of the extended warranty. And we sort of tried to dig in and understand what it was. And customers have more trust in a brand when a third party is willing to stand behind their product and cover it from breaks and accidents and, 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 and issues. So a lot of interesting consumer psychology dynamics as well that we see within the purchase flows, but ultimately it's purely accretive revenue and purely incremental revenue that we're driving to the brand of the retailer. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Do 
did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Yeah, I really like what you guys are doing. You're you're you're, you're almost like infrastructure at, um, from a um, from an extended warranty standpoint, uh, where you you're, you're first to market and um, you know dominate in that space until um, you become a brand. You know where it's de facto. Um, I have a question around um, verticals. I um, mean, retail obviously is huge. Um, so, so what what verticals lend themselves best um, to extended warranties, and also, um, are you seeing average order thresholds? Um, so, for more considered purchases, um, I, I for, for, so using the Apple you know analogy again, um, because the AirPods are so tiny, um, I will get extended warranty for the AirPods. Um, but I don't think I'll get it for a case. Uh, obviously, there's, there's no point for a case, right? Like a like a, a phone case. But I will get it for the iPhone or a MacBook Pro. If, if I so, so, so what kind of thresholds and, and what kind of um, you know product um, you know categories or um, or verticals are you you really thriving and hitting that fifteen percent attach rate um, for, for 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 buying yeah. extended warranties? You know, no doubt price point plays a factor in someone's decision making. Um, that said, the first extended warranty we ever sold was on a $14 pair of headphones. Um, and it was hmm. not a shock, but I was surprised, right? Oh, wow, a customer wants to buy an extended warranty on a $14 pair of headphones. Why? It's also because we price much more efficiently than traditional players in this space. So for a $14 product, hmm. that extended warranty only costs fifteen, like uh, $1.99, for example. So it's on a relative basis priced to the product's retail value. And so it becomes at the low end of the AOV threshold, sort of a why not decision for the customer. If something happens, I'll be taken care of and it's cheap. Um, that said, performance mm. is definitely better at higher AOV thresholds. So I would say $100 plus items, we see much better conversion on. And then when you start getting into the top end of the market, we work with folks like Peloton and iRobot and others you definitely see even higher performance um, in those thresholds. Um, I think from a product categories perspective, you know, we get this question a lot. I think the better question is what can't you cover with an extended warranty? Um, things like apparel, uh, things like food and bev, uh, generally consumables, you can't cover. But you can cover a wide variety of things. Electronics being something that people are super familiar with. Uh, furniture is a massive mm -hmm. category for us. So furniture and mattresses we work with. Many of the leading mattress and furniture companies here in, in North America, including folks like Nectar, um, 
Purple, Sattva, and others, as well as retailers like Z Gallery and One Kings Lane. Um, jewelry is a massive space for us. Um, so we work with both sort of fashion jewelry companies as well as fine and engagement jewelry companies, including folks like uh-huh. Z Gallery, uh, sorry, uh, Brilliant Earth um, and others. Brilliant Earth's a massive online retailer of engagement rings and high-end jewelry. Um, other categories like glasses and sunglasses is a big area for us mm-hmm. um auto parts we work with advanced auto parts and we're live in over 4000 locations mm-hmm. with them uh, as well as online retailers like jegs and real truck that sell aftermarket and performance auto parts as well as wheels and tires so the list goes on you know we mm-hmm. could sit here all day talking about what we can cover and i think that's what's really awesome is sometimes people are surprised by how much we can cover and it's also because we're a vertically integrated company so because we underwrite ourselves mm-hmm. and we hold that balance sheet exposure, we can build programs that cover new and different product categories as well. Right. Okay. So, so you can extend the use cases essentially. Right. Um, question I have is like expected, you know, bump in, in, um, well, the more or less um, is is there like a ten? Is it is it typically from the example you gave with the fourteen dollars um, headphones, um, whereas like um, you know just over a dollar? So is it it is 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 warranty? Does warranty tend to be about ten percent of the value of the the total order or of, of the of the product you know price? Or um, do you have other you know ways of you know calculating what what warranty or extended warranty they're going to pay pay for? Yeah, I would say it is definitely dependent on the product category and the product vertical. Um, and that that price point on average is about 10 to 15% of the product's retail price. However, as you start going up in AOV, the extended warranty price point doesn't match it linearly. When you start getting into $1,000 plus items, it's not as effective to price things at that 15% of product retail. And so that threshold will typically come down. Um, but overall, what we see is online, we drive about a two to two and a half percent top line increase um, for the brands and retailers that we work with, which is pretty significant. Um, a, a large portion of that being pure profit for the brand or retailer. Right. So when you generate the funds, what happens to the funds? You know, um, what 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 does extend keep and what do the merchants keep is is there is there a share or um how how do merchants you know sort of um who who keeps the monies yep so the money is captured by the merchant right they're taking mm-hmm. payment and transaction from the customer um and we don't want to create a fragmented experience for those customers so it goes all through mm-hmm. the e-commerce or retail sales channel and through their payment processor um, as soon as they capture the funds on a monthly basis, uh, we send the merchant an invoice for all the transactions, um, less the merchant's revenue share. So every merchant that we have in our book takes a percentage of the total retail volume of extended warranties sold. And that percentage is mm-hmm. pure profit that goes straight to their bottom line. Because Extend holds all of the risk uh, and performance obligations on that uh, on that policy effectively, and we handle all of the claims on the back okay. end. So, so, so what 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 is the the what what what's the payout like in, in percentage? You know, terms. So what's the range? If there's a range, yeah, it, Two it, it depends on what product we're covering. For example, because the mm. cost of the actual premium or the insurance, if you will, 
uh, despite it not exactly being insurance, looking at it like insurance, there's a premium that we effectively hold. And that is so that we can pay out claims. Um, so it depends on the product category. For example, cell phone coverage is quite expensive from a premium perspective because we carry it around everywhere. We drop it every single day. At least I know I do. Um, so it's different based on different product categories. I would say on average, uh, merchants are taking about 40% of the total retail volume as pure profit that goes straight to their bottom line. Not bad, not bad at all. And uh, what about the claim rate? Um, what, what, what kind of claim rates? I, I know this is, is, is nuanced. It definitely depend on, 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 um, on industry or um, on category. Yeah, it, it depends on industry and category. It also depends on coverage type. Um, we have multiple different kinds of offerings that we have in the market today. Um, for example, one will cover accidental damage and breakage. So that's me being an idiot and dropping my phone and cracking my screen. Um, so accidental damage programs typically will have a slightly higher claim rate. Um, whereas we also have more traditional extended warranties. So for the TV that's sitting on the wall in my hotel room right now, um, there's not a whole lot of accidental damage that a mounted TV is going to experience. You're, what you're largely focused on is breakage from a mechanical or electrical perspective. And so in those cases, we offer extended warranties, which are extensions of the manufacturer warranty that already covers on that product. Um, Overall, claim rates typically come in anywhere from like three to seven percent um, is is sort of a, a a benchmark that you can use. Um, so it's not a massive volume of claims, okay. but it is a significant portion of customers who might have an issue and want to get taken care of, and we enable right. that. Okay, so so really, so if you're doing high AOV and you're you know you're 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 pumping a lot of transaction you know volume, you could you know hedge yourself against you know you know, the potential of a claim, you know, actually, you know, taking away profits and, you know, on the long run, you're, you're more profitable, I, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, in every, especially uh, OEMs, right? So brands themselves, mm. um, mm -hmm. a lot of those companies, when they make a sale, they're reserving two to 3% of the transaction value on their mm. back end from an accounting perspective in order to process and service claims that are going to come in. And so in many cases, we're okay. able to reduce some of that exposure and that risk and help them recognize more profit early on too, which from a financial okay. perspective can really support growth from a business side. Okay, makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I want to sort of cover a conversion rate optimization um, you know, from, from the lens of, of a CRO person. Um, what are the benefits? What, what are the conversion benefits of, of having an extended warranty and particularly to the you know um, categories and industries that lend themselves best to to, um, to 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 extended warranties. Yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're offering customers peace of mind, um, and peace of mind at checkout is answering a question that they have around what happens if something goes wrong. Um, whether I'm buying a couch, or I'm buying an iRobot Roomba, or I'm buying a phone or a laptop different product categories introduce different fears to a consumer of if I'm spending 200 bucks or 500 bucks or 1500 bucks on buying this product, what happens if something goes wrong with it? Um, answering mm -hmm. that question at the point of sale by the merchant enabling that customer to answer that question at the point of sale of, oh, I can be covered if I buy this extended warranty 
can really, really dramatically increase conversion. Um, we have a case study published so I can share some of the data. You know, we have this merchant that I mentioned called Blendjet uh, that sees uh, an 11% increase in purchase conversion just with the presence of an extended warranty offer. Um, seeing a third party is willing to stand behind their product and cover it from accidental damage and breakage gives customers more confidence to buy. And so there's some really interesting mm. consumer psychology and behavioral elements of extended warranties as well that can also be accretive uh, to the rest of the business. And guess what? That's not something that we charge mm. for from a conversion uplift perspective. Mm. It's just a byproduct of our solution. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to wrap up this conversation by asking you um, what your thoughts are on, um, so for a mature OEM company doing direct-to-consumer um, in today's world, um, what API-first um, solution should be in their stack um, towards, um, you know, driving <clears throat> um, that peace of mind? and conversions eventually for customers that those extend obviously uh but but what other um apps in the in, in this ecosystem are you um really impressed with and um helping uh direct to consumer e-commerce yeah totally you know i think there's foundational elements of a technology stack for a brand or a retailer and I think what people are noticing more and more these days is if they want to turn on and test new solutions, not every solution will work for every business, right? That's just the reality. Mm -hmm. But if they want the ability to test rapidly, like software companies do, like we do all the time, you need to have a foundational tech stack mm -hmm. that supports that. We see a number of OEMs as well as retailers that live on extremely antiquated systems whether it be ERP system, order management system, CRM systems, et cetera. So I think there's some foundational technology pieces that take time to implement properly and well. But once you have that baseline, you can start to, and I'm, I hate the buzzy innovate and disrupt type Silicon Valley buzzwords, but you really can start to deploy new services to customers and test those rapidly, which is ultimately where I think people need mm -hmm. to get to to run a successful business. Um, so that's on the foundational and sort of platform side. I think if you think about the funnel and the journey from a customer perspective, there's a lot of stuff. You know, with all the iOS changes, I think customer acquisition costs are going up pretty dramatically for a lot of brands and retailers uh, from a marketing spend perspective. So how are you? How are they thinking about more targeted and more relevant ad campaigns? Uh, and there's a number of companies out there doing that. Not a space that I'm super familiar with, candidly, but something that I know a lot of our partners think about on a day-to-day -day basis. And then you have the actual e-commerce um, solution too. Um, depending on what type of products you sell, right? Um, you may want to ex explore headless solutions that give you a little bit more flexibility and customization of what that customer experience looks like through the purchase funnel. Uh, we talked about buy now, pay later. I think it's an amazing solution within certain segments for customers um, where using a buy now, pay later solution can dramatically increase your conversion. I sometimes have mm -hmm. questions on should someone be financing a $25 t-shirt, um, but you know we'll leave that for a separate conversation over a beer. Um, and then I think there's, you know, one click checkout is an area that people are really excited about. I know the folks over at Bolt, uh, quite well, they've grown a lot. Um, mm -hmm. 
and then the e-commerce platform itself too, right? I mean, Shopify, we work with Shopify. We're a certified plus partner on Shopify. We work with big commerce. We're an elite partner on big commerce. We have integrations with Magento, Salesforce, WooCommerce, and more. So we have broad coverage because we want to serve merchants wherever they are. But the platform that you're working on mm -hmm. is a pretty significant consideration as well. Mm -hmm. Super, super interesting. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, um, this, this conversation. Um, you know, Rohan. Um, for those who want to find out more about Extend, it's simply just extend.com. Great domain name, by the way. Um, and um, are you yourself active on any social media platforms? You know, people might say, "Hey, I, I just like the way Rohan sounds, and I'd like to follow him." Uh, what, what social media, you know, platforms are you most active in? So we link up to to, to your socials. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably where I'm most active. Um, so I think my profile here, I can tell you in a second, or you can list it on the on the podcast page. We'll link to it. I um, think you're connected. Mm -hmm. link to it. Yeah, we are. Um, it's just linkedin.com, yeah. Rohan Shaw 8. Uh, so my name with the number 8. But um can link it to there. Eight. would love for people to connect with me if they have questions they want to ask. can easily just ping me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also just rohan at extend.com. So if people want to send me an email, if that's easier, okay. happy to do that. Um, I'm not as active on Twitter as some people are. Um, uh, just got a lot of stuff going on. So it's it's a lot of noise these days. Um, yeah. But LinkedIn and email would be fantastic. And then if anyone has questions, um, you know, we're launching some new products that I think are exciting that I can share more information about directly. So if people have more questions or whatnot, would love to connect and love to chat with them. But I appreciate you making time. Um, enjoyed chatting with you here today on the podcast. No. No, no, thank, th thank you. And we're, we're looking forward to, to you coming over to Europe and the UK <laughs> uh, at some point um, in, in the near future. Are we, we looking next year or um, sometime this year? That's the plan next year. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, great to connect. And yeah, thank you so much um, for, for, for coming on to XE Commerce Podcast. All right. You got it. Talk soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.